You are listening to WOCO Radio Season 2, Episode 10, Boundaries Part 2, College Edition. Hey y'all, this is Brooks, and today our conversation is led by my girl Jill, who's also our Director of Faith, and it's between her, me, and our sweet, adorable, precious intern, Tori. And we, you know, here's the thing about Tori. Tori is all of those and more, but she has wisdom beyond her years, and we have just really witnessed her gift and ability to set healthy boundaries, and she's a rising senior at UGA, and we just wanted to talk to her, especially with school starting back real soon, about what it looks like to set healthy boundaries in college. Honestly, though, this conversation is really for anybody. I know I needed it. (laughs) Tori probably has more wisdom and a better ability to set boundaries at 21 than I do at 30. So this is really, really sweet, really, really good. I know, especially college students, you're going to love it. I feel like one of the things that we talk about in here is College is really a time where you are kind of spreading your wings for the first time and you are setting boundaries and practicing and building your no muscle more than you ever have before because when you're in high school and middle school and elementary school, you kind of have things set for you and college, you have a lot of freedom. And so what does that look like to set healthy boundaries and to still be a really cool person and have friends and all of the things? But honestly, too, like I said, this is for anybody of any age. I really think you're going to be blessed by this conversation. Here's Tori and Jill. Hello, hello. Welcome to WOCO Radio. You may not recognize my voice because I don't sound like that sweet Southern girl um, across the way in Athens, Georgia. I am Jill and I am the Director of Faith here at WOCO. Um, I am so excited to be with you this morning. So, or today, I should say. I'm so excited to be with you today because we are starting our second part in our boundary series. Um, Earlier, Brooks and I went through what boundaries are and why they are important, but today I am so excited because we have the lovely Tori here, and we're also, also Brooks is joining in with us. Um, This is our WOCO team minus one. And um, we're going to be talking to Tori today about boundaries in college. So Tori is our professional college student. She is a senior right now. And so she is more in that atmosphere than Brooks and I. And um, Tori is on the team here at WOCO. She has her hands in basically every part of the women's health company. She helps in the faith side, fitness, women's health. And then also she's, um, well, she's my go-to Instagram girl. Um, besides Brooks, of course. Um, But we have Tori with us talking today about boundaries in college. Tori, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Can I just say first, Jill has a very radio voice. She does. (laughs) Jill, you sound really good. Hello, hello. <laughs> Encouragement oh. is your gift, you know. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I did want to say, shoot. Okay, I'm going to, after I said to tell us about yourself, that's when I'm going to say, what are you currently loving? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> are we recording? We better be. Okay. <laughs> well, first of 
Well, I'm not a professional college student, but I am going into my senior year. So hopefully we'll get this thing Woo-hoo! done in four years. I am going to be, I am I'm a marketing student at the University of Georgia. And one exciting thing about this year is I have six little brothers, but two of them are going to be with me here in Athens. Thomas will be a freshman, Jacob will be a sophomore, and then I will be hopefully rounding out um, my time not in Athens, but at the University of Georgia. Um, and I started working for WOCO during quarantine, and it has been so sweet, so fun. Has it Has it been? Quarantine is forever, because I feel like you've been with us for a year, but you haven't. I, know, I think we started in, what, March or April? We were Girl Health Co. back in that day. <laughs> we were. <laughs> we were. <laughs> and then we rebranded one week. <laughs> <laughs> We've grown quite, mm, mm, I don't know. We, we, we've changed a lot. We've, we've set new boundaries. Yes. <laughs> yes. We had no a new pun boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> We're just all growing up together here. We really are. It's so true. It's so true. Hey, real quick, Tori, before we kind of jump into boundaries, I'm just dying to know, what are you currently loving? Maybe specifically oh. in this pandemic. Wow. Well, I um, have done quite a bit of online shopping since this pandemic, and I have really in the rest of the world <laughs> into a version of myself that not many people know in public. But I am always wearing joggers these days. Oh, I know yeah. it's ninety-five degrees. I know it's humid. I know it's Georgia. But catch me in a coffee shop wearing pants seven days a week. Um, I am also loving cooking with my roommates. And last night, I actually had my first ramen packet of college. And it was so good. I made this little pesto miso sauce. And I'll have to invite you over sometime. We can have another um, a food podcast sometime I'll talk about. I'm actually really impressed. That's like I, I want the- ramen. Yeah. Um, what did you say it was called? A miso? Miso pesto. It was Ooh. cilantro and spinach and olive oil and some white miso paste and sesame seed oil. And you just blend it all up and make this green velvety sauce and put it on your, um, put it on your ramen noodles. Like actual ramen noodles, like the package. Yes. Wow. Okay. I've had my fair share of ramen, but I've definitely not made my own sauce for it. <laughs> well, one of these days. Ah, so good. So good. Okay. Let's cut all the funny business. Let's get down to the real stuff. So Tori, we are having you on today because we want to talk about boundaries in college. Again, you are a professional college student. You are a senior now, so you've had a few years um, to kind of get college and the schedule and just the life of college under your belt. And so I, we have you on today because we want to know about some boundaries that maybe you've kept well or not kept so well. And just, just some advice that you could give maybe a new college student. Cause you know, school's approaching in a couple of weeks. Um, what's some advice that you could give them, um, just in ways that they could keep boundaries so that they have a, co- a successful, you know, college year. Um, so let's start with this. What is one boundary that now looking back, you're a senior, what is one boundary that you feel like you have kept, you know, fairly well? And, and how has that helped you in college? Wow. Well, first of all, I think it's so much easier to talk about unhealthy boundaries than healthy boundaries, because it's so easy to recognize an unhealthy boundary. I know as soon as they start to feel a little anxious or just, it's just easy to know when you're not in a good place. Um, but healthy boundaries are so life-giving, or they should be. And so looking back on the last few years, one thing that 
has been very consistent in my college journey is I got involved in a local church my freshman year and I've met so many mentors through um, my local church. And those mentors in my life have just really been great accountability partners. They're, they're my boundary keepers, my gatekeepers for my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And when I'm telling them about my week or something that um, has happened or something that is, is making me feel anxious, specifically in just relationships with other humans, um, they can so quickly and so easily call out, oh, Tori, that might be an unhealthy boundary. And so really honoring that and making time for them. There's actually a time... Um, my sophomore year where I was involved in a student ministry where I was required to be discipled um, by an older college student. And I loved it. Um, but that older college student was really more of my friend than a discipler. And I, all of the time that I was spending with um, my mentor from church that was decades ahead of me, I was spending with this college student that was, you know, two or three years ahead of me. And I ended up um, leaving um, that ministry, um, not for any like particular reason, but really just to invest in my local church and to really set healthy boundaries um, around that mentorship because that mentorship and protecting that has protected so many other areas of my life. Oh, that's so good. That's Can I so good. attest to that for her? I just feel yes. like that's one thing that I have really seen you, I mean, even in the past year, I knew you before you came on as an intern here, just through church and, oh man, you do that so well. And I feel like college students, I know when I was in college, you know, there's so many things that you can get involved in and good things. College ministry is one that's so, so good, but there is nothing like the local church and being immersed in a community of people who aren't just like you and in the same college bubble as you. And I feel like you recognized that early on and you did set those boundaries around your schedule and your time to prioritize that. And I feel like you're a product, you college is like a little, what's the word since like a little centrifuge where you're like, oh, I don't even know if that's the word I'm looking for. It's like a pot where you're, you're growing and you're learning so, so much, so fast. And I feel like you as a senior, the wisdom and the discernment and just the, you, gosh, you blow me away. But I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that you have been so poured into not only by your parents who are incredible, but by people here who are a lot older than you or different than you in different seasons of life than you. Anyway, I just, I love that. Mm. And shout out <laughs> to my mentors because they really scooped me up. Um, I didn't know what I was looking for. And then all of a sudden um, I was in their homes and I realized, oh, this is where I really want to spend college, which is so sweet. But my dad calls this, um, just take a quick tangent, the principle of the corridor, which is such a dad thing to say. But there's such a difference between walking through like a dark tunnel um, with someone who can only hold your hand and then walking through with someone who's been there before and can hold a flashlight and show the way. Oh, that's so good. And um, I just, just want to use that picture just to attest to the wisdom and discernment that people that are life stages ahead of us and um, have to guide us and to help us protect our own boundaries, which is a reason why we all read what Dr. Henry Cloud's book about boundaries because mm -hmm. he has the expertise and he's, he's older than us. He's got, right. got the stories. <laughs> so we're going to bring some more stories today for sure. 
Right. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And one thing I've learned about like mentorship and asking, you know, finding a mentor is that, you know, a mentor isn't going to go looking for you. Like you have to be the one willing to step out and go looking for them. And so Tori, I think it says a lot about you and your character and the fact that you have made that such a priority, um, these four years. And it's obviously done you dividends because I, I talk to you, you know, fairly often. And I'm just always so amazed (laughs) by our conversations because I can't believe that you are as wise as you are at 21. And, um, I will say if you're in college, please listen to this advice to get a mentor and just to have boundaries around your time to really, really make that a priority because that is something I did not have in college. Um, and looking back, I wish that I had, you know, made that a priority in my life. So Tori, thanks for being a great example. (laughs) Um, But let's keep going here. So tell me if you are looking back and you, you know, maybe, maybe there's a boundary that you, that you wish that you had kept or wish that you had kept better. Um, And that can be in any realm of college, whether that's like scheduling or roommates or um, just whatever it may be. Tell me, is there a boundary that you wish that you had kept or one that you think would be useful for um, any college student that might be listening right now? There are so many boundaries I wish that I kept, but I think one thing with recognizing um, unhealthy boundaries is that you get to learn and you get to grow from them. And honestly, one of the most practical examples that come to mind is um, our Bolton Dining Commons in the center of campus has two stories. And um, there's this thing that uh, we call the Bolton Trap, which is when you go to the top of Bolton and you get your food and you start talking to people and then you say, okay, I'm going to leave now. And then you go downstairs to the first level and you get more food and talk to more people and you get trapped in Bolton. And there are times where I spent hours in the dining halls that I could not spend in the dining halls because I should have been studying or had places to go, but I just couldn't say no or couldn't leave the Bolton long tables um, or just like had to acknowledge, you know, all five acquaintances I met on the way out, um, which can be great. But also at some point you've got to start protecting your time. Um, But before we get into unhealthy boundaries, I would really just like to preface this with a conversation I have with some friends at the very beginning of quarantine. We sat down once and for all to decide what the most appropriate, perfect boundaries um, with college boys were. And um, I thought that we were going to come up with some really good, I don't know, rules or something throughout that conversation. And what we really came down to was there are um, boundaries should not always be rules and boundaries are different for different people at different times and different relationships and different places. And I think what a healthy boundary really comes down to is um, to have a pure heart is to have an undivided heart towards God. And so if I'm setting a boundary in, um, in relationships with friends in order to um, please my friends above um, honoring the commitments that I've made, then I am probably setting a boundary that is dividing my heart against God and is working against um, me in my relationship. It, that is working against me making God a priority in my life and against me treasuring God above all else. Um, And so healthy boundaries just really should help us unite our heart towards God and unhealthy boundaries. I think I've recognized them most myself and they've divided my heart towards God. And one place that has been so obvious where that is, is in relationships with friends. Um, It is just so hard to have 
healthy relationships with friends. And um, I think that we can just really. When you say that, are you, do you mean like with your time, your commitments, things that your friends are doing? What's the hardest part? all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of it. I, um, let me, let me go specific. Um, I, uh, had some really sweet roommates last year. And one thing that I think kept our relationship so sweet is that we went to different churches. We went to different student ministries. We had different majors. I really ran into them on campus, but when we came home, we got to come home to each other and we got to share mm-hmm. life together. And so I think that oftentimes um, I find myself in relationships where I want to give people um, more than I have the capacity to give them. Mm-hmm. And having that built-in separation of um, we go to different churches, therefore like I can't depend on you in this situation for whatever it is. Um, but we get to come together and then enjoy each other. It's really the difference between um, a friendship that is life-giving and is draining. But reevaluating where those friendships become draining and setting boundaries to make those life-giving is, is such a hard thing to do. I wish there was a, there was a freebie we could build and give out that just said, that's how to have good relationships with friends or healthy boundaries. But I think that's so good. Jill, I feel yeah. like we were like that in college. I think that was part, I'd, I have never thought about that, but part of what was so sweet about our five girls, I mean, we, we had some knockdown drag out sometimes too over stupid stuff, but was we all had very different things that we were involved mm-hmm. in. And that was actually kind of life giving. I feel like we didn't have to be involved in the same things or have the same friend group um, and be around right, each think, other all the time. Yeah. I think it, it having that like healthy space or of separation, mm-hmm. you know um, I think that yields a lot healthier relationships. And I think Tori and I um, briefly talked about earlier um, how to that leaves room for like, if you are having, you know, any roommate issues, Mm -hmm. like you have somewhere, a safe space to go because otherwise if there's no separation, right, where are you going to go? It's going to cause a lot of isolation when problems arise, you know, in your home. And so it's good to be able to reach out to others. Uh, Well, this is a great place where mentors come in, but I think, and just when you're spending all your time with the same people, you know, um, altercations or just like little, little disagreements are going to arise. And so I just think it's healthy to have space and boundaries and not constantly when you're living with someone, if you're also just like in the same friend group, working at the same place in the same classes, go to the same gym and there's no separation. I just think that that can really cause you know, discord and disarray. And honestly, just for lack of better terms, it could get annoying. (laughs) I think too, what I hear you say, and I just can personally, I think for all three of us, I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like the hard part with friendships really comes from a sweet place of wanting to love people well Mm. and wanting to have healthy relationships and not, you know, it it being really hard to say no, you know, and say, I don't have time for that today, you know, or, you know, I really don't 
want to wake up at 3 a.m. and go pick you up downtown tonight because I need to rest, you know, and I have a test in the morning. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times we, especially as Christian women, I think we feel so often like we just have to be yes people and say yes to everybody and, and that's loving people well. But then I know myself now and in college, when I said yes to everything, I would find myself very anxious, you know, Mm. and like pulled torn in a million different directions. And that can be, each little thing can be good, but when it's pulling you ragged, it can be destructive, you know? Right. Tori, have you, have you seen that in college? Like, has that been difficult for you? Absolutely. There's, I think for me that what I've struggled with is I want to be all into whatever I'm all into and Mm -hmm. I commit to too many things. And so then instead of saying no to like a specific hangout for me, what I really need to do is go back and reevaluate my priorities and say no to, um, to like entire, you know, to, to a job or to taking that extra class or whatever it is. And um, I had a good conversation with, with one of my mom friends um, a couple months ago, and we were just talking about the hard truth that in order to love somebody well and invest into somebody, that often means letting go of somebody else and just trusting that and that they have other places to go that they're not, you know, dependent on you for, for that friendship or whatever. Um, and that's just not always an easy thing to do because like, do we have a limit to our capacity for human relationships? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think too, when we keep saying yes, one thing I've, I've realized in my own life is um, the inability to say no kind of reveals that there's something in our hearts um, that's not yielded to the Lord or there's some type of idol there. There's some type of um, just something that's in between, like or, or something that we're believing about ourselves. That's a lie, I, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's a great way to really get at the root of like, okay, well, why am I always saying yes to this? Right. Um, but I think too, it's having that perspective that, um, saying yes all the time is really it on the outside it looks really loving but it's actually it's actually not loving because then you know your yes is is stretched so thin that when you're coming to whatever it is that you said yes to you're only bringing you know a quarter of you or a half of you or, or whatever it is and um yeah it's just it's not really loving you're not giving your full self to that person you're only doing it to please them um that so is yeah. it And I feel like that's just how, how college kind of is. It's very Mm -hmm. rare that you see people that are so committed to very specific things, but it's also so sweet to see those people thriving where they are because they are not compromising the integrity of their yeses. Yeah. It's interesting too. And you can tell me if it's different now, but I know when I was in college, it felt like it was very highly esteemed and like highly sought after to be involved in a million different things. Like you were building a resume and so you needed to be involved in, you know, all of these things to look good on your resume. And I also feel like in college, it's really the first time that Dr. Cloud talks about your no muscle. Mm -hmm. And when you're in your parents' household and you're a high school student or you're a child, 
things are kind of decided for you really. And I mean, when you're in high school, you really are becoming more autonomous, but your schedule is very set. Like you go to school, you go to practice, you, or you go to, you know, whatever student council, and then you come home and it's just, you're very much more structured. And when you go to college, you're no muscle. It's like the perfect opportunity to start to build a no muscle. And I think it's really interesting because in my opinion, in my experience, I felt like I was doing that really for the first time. Does that make sense? Yes. No, I totally agree with that. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it kind of like exercise yes. and it strengthens and it's easier, but it's so hard. Oh, it's so hard. It is so hard. <clears throat> I love that though. Um, the idea of what did you say? Flexing your no muscle. Yeah, just flexing it. And it's, I just, I also think it's, it's such an, I mean, you tell me, am I wrong? I mean, I may be totally off, but I just felt like in college, it was really, I really struggled with that, especially at first, because I just said yes to everything. Cause I didn't really know how to say mm-hmm. no. I mean, I said no to things that I, you know, didn't feel were right, but good thing. The harder part is the good things that are right in front of your face, friends and ministry and philanthropy and school. And those aren't necessarily bad things. And so I just felt like I had to say yes to everything. (laughs) I know I'm totally there. I had a really good conversation with a friend yesterday where we were talking about just how competitive we are with ourselves, but also with other people. And we can really get caught. I can really get caught in this cycle of comparanoia where I see that other people are committed to, I did this recently. I looked at my LinkedIn and I was like, wow, everything I'm committed to is outside of UGA. I'm not committed to anything like under the umbrella of UGA except for my classes themselves. And for a second I thought, oh my gosh, like, am I not going to get hired because I don't have these specific things on my resume? And I think it's good to, to evaluate that, but also for me to feel like I am less than because my commitments don't look like other people's. It's just, I mean, come on. Yeah. 10 years later, it doesn't matter as much. as I think the biggest thing is more so like, I think the biggest thing more so is like who you're becoming and college is such an important thing. And that's, what's going to really set you up for a successful future, whether that's in, you know, the professional world of work or that's in family life or whatever it may be. I mean, college is a stepping stone, right? So Mm. the biggest thing we're building during that time is character. And I think, um, one of the, I don't know, I think one of the biggest things with this saying no is to like also for me, it's been a big thing is to just get alone with the Lord and ask him, you know, what you should say yes to, what you should say no to, what you should be focusing on, because you're right, Brooks, there's a lot of really, really good things out there. And to say, to make good yeses, we're going to have to say some really hard no's, but we're only given so much time on this earth and we actually don't even know how long that is. (laughs) And so I, and it's a biblical principle to steward your time. Well, it says, I think it says that the days are evil. And, um, and then I think it's Psalm 90. I was just reading where he says, Give us a heart of wisdom so that we may know, um, what does he say? Give us a heart of wisdom so we know like our days are short, yeah. something along those lines. You know, we only have okay. 70 years, maybe 80 if we're lucky. And so I think really honing in on like, okay, what is valuable to me? What do I feel called to? And what do I feel called in? And really um, just kind of focusing your yeses 
in those areas is kind of important. And you don't really know that unless you're getting alone with the Lord and getting to know the one who made you, you know? Mm, yes. Oh. Let me just throw one more thing into the mix. But um, this whole conversation has been about boundaries in college. And then what you just said was your boundaries in college, my boundaries in college are going to like set my trajectory for the next 10 years of my life. What I'm involved in is going to some that might not matter, but how I handle my time now definitely will. And then Jill, you took that and just set it on this like eternal background of the way that I spend my time now is so related to how I spend my time in 10 years and is so related to how I spend my life. And there was this book that I read freshman year, Andy Stanley, um, but he says your direction, not your intention determines your destination. Mm. And just to kind of tie it all up, um, I think with your with our boundaries in college, um, it is truly our direction, not our intention with setting boundaries, how we set our boundaries, not what we intend to set our boundaries as, that really determines how we live life and um, how we just steward our time, how we steward our college years, and then how we um, spring ourselves off into being young professionals or to having families. Um, and that's just, I mean, what comes after that? I don't know. <laughs> man, Tori, Tori, that is the way we need to end this thing. Man, that was ending it on a bomb. Yes. <laughs> so wise, such truth. Hey, Tori, thank you so much for being us, being, being us, <laughs> being here with us today. Thank you, Brooks, for being here. Um, this was a really awesome conversation. If you're a college student, we just, we just wish you um, the best year. Make yes, some sound. Yes. Reach out to my girl, Tori, or reach out to Brooks or I here at WOCO. Um, Tori, we're excited for you. We know you're going to have a really great college year. I know the Lord has some amazing things in store for you. Hey, I have one question for her. Oh, yeah. Okay. Drop it. Go. Or Because I know when I was a freshman, my best friend from high school did this. She, she, was, she was a sophomore at Georgia, and she gave me a list, like a long list of like, here's what you eat at the dining hall. Here's where you get your coffee. Here's the restaurants that you should go to. Here's where you should take your parents when they come into town. Okay, so I don't want to ask you a bunch of this. It's going to take forever. But top <laughs> thing that you should make in the dining hall and top drink from Jittery Joe's. Yes, Go. Okay. Well, um, truth be told, I was not on meal plan my freshman year and I had some what? good, I know. because I was crazy. Oh, I had a how did you survive? Mistake number one. I, Actually, she probably didn't gain the freshman 15. I totally did because I just ain't going to tell every day, <laughs> <laughs> but I had a giant mini fridge. So when I went my second semester, I was just trying to, trying to tag along and act like yeah. I knew where I was, but I had no idea. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the cereal bar, which yes. is not what you want to hear. Um, but honestly, I, my dining hall memories are so vague. But cereal bar, um, if you need a cheap like go-to meal in Athens, you can get a side of chicken at Barbaritos for 2 or $3. Buy a can of beans for $0.89 cents and some corn tortillas and just make your own tacos. That's the life of someone who is not a meal plan. <laughs> Um, as for Jittery Joe's, first of all, um, go to the Watkinsville Jittery Joe's. It's a 20-minute drive. You'll get to just disassociate yourself from a college town for a little bit. It's full of light. Um, my go-to hot drink is an oat milk cappuccino. You know, it just kind of doesn't hit your stomach quite like milk does. I'm all for milk. Um, but love a good oat milk cappuccino. And then recently, I've been into the iced green tea. It's refreshing. Gives you a kick of caffeine without 
happen to you know drink coffee because I'm I'm pretty new to the coffee world. But so yeah. Oh, fantastic, Tori! You're awesome. You're amazing. You guys are awesome. Yes, you are. I'll be you guys anytime. You're like a little ray of sunshine. You really are. Yeah, you absolutely are. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it encouraged you to set some healthy boundaries this week to practice and exercise your no muscle a little bit. Goodness knows, I know I need to do that. It ain't easy. We got to give ourselves some grace, but we need to try. Okay. Next week, we're going to be back talking about the thyroid and reproduction, and then we will continue our boundary series the following week. Friends, we are so thankful for you and just for your participation in our community and your willingness to just, you know, communicate with us, listen, encourage us, be a part of this sweet thing that we've got going here. Um, Yeah, we're thankful for you. And until next time, be well. Talk soon.